the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us. We'll take a look at some of the headlines and we'll look at the lighter side of the news in the second half of this hour. In the Portland area, the Christian Outlook will be featured in the 5 o'clock hour. Well, Nancy Pelosi, now 83, has announced she's going to seek re-election in 2024. The former House Speaker announced today that she's running for re-election to continue representing her California district in the House after she stepped down from her leadership role following two decades in that post. Now more than ever, she said, our city needs us to advance San Francisco values and further our recovery. I'm sorry, I was just a little bit shaken by that, to advance San Francisco values. Now more than ever, she says, well, the 83-year-old lawmaker wrote on X, you know, formerly Twitter, our country needs American America to show the world that our flag is still there with liberty and justice for all, she said. That is why I am running for re-election and respectfully ask for your vote, Nancy. Well, Fulton County grand jury recommended charges against Lindsey Graham in the Trump case. The uh, grand jury that recommended charges against the former president over his efforts to disrupt the 2020 election also suggested charges be brought against Senate uh, Senator Lindsey Graham. In January, jurors recommended Graham be charged for pressuring Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger during a phone call to find enough Republican votes in Georgia to overturn the election results, according to the full grand jury report released today. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis declined to indict Graham. A judge made the 26-page recommendation public today. Well, after suffering a string of electoral losses on the issue of abortion, Republican lawmakers are considering moving away from the term pro-life to describe their position on the issue. Well, this week, several Senate Republicans met with strategists behind closed doors on Capitol Hill. Apparently, they weren't quite closed enough to discuss the matter. NBC News first reported yesterday. Stephen Law, a former aide to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, reportedly presented poll reports to the senators on Wednesday, showing voters increasingly viewed pro-life and pro-choice language differently since the Supreme Court reversal of Roe versus Wade last June. Law, who's also the head of the McConnell-tied Senate Leadership Fund, Super PAC, told senators in attendance to be more specific when it comes to presenting their abortion case to voters. Conveying their position on the issue is extremely important, considering some of them serve Republican-controlled states, which are actively pursuing abortion restrictions. So apparently the terms are not quite as um, clearly understood as they once were. Well, a Canadian trans teacher who became infamous for wearing massive prosthetic Z-cup, oh, you heard me right, Z-cup breasts to class, was photographed arriving to school dressed as a man. Well, Kayla, I think it's Lemu, has claimed to be suffering from a condition called gigantomastia, which is a rare condition during which one's breasts become excessively large, according to the Cleveland Clinic. 
But when uh, Lemu arrived at Nora Francis Henderson Secondary School in Hamilton, Ontario, for a planning day before students arrived on Tuesday, the teacher was dressed as a man and ditched the massive breasts. Well, he had um, he was spotted by photographers driving a Mazda SUV and the New York Post reported the teacher was given a police escort to the school. Well, Lamo sported a noticeable beard. The Post reported that parents from Oakville Trafalgar High School in Canada, where uh, he had made national headlines for donning the prosthetics, were left gobsmacked by the teacher's new look. Parents are now just supposed to accept that he is a male and their kid's teacher is either a deranged liar or mentally unstable. It's infuriating, they said. We had a year of complete chaos. Well, Selena Close, a parent at Lemu's previous school, told The Post, we were told Lemu's breasts were real and we couldn't question his gender. Close continued, but now we see he is actually a male and the breasts were never real. Well, Lamo previously denied accusations that his um, breasts were fake in an interview. Last year, he caused widespread backlash while teaching at Oakville Trafalgar High School and was eventually placed on paid leave. It was previously reported that he landed an, at Nora Francis Henderson Secondary School for the new school year. The Daily Mail reported that he has um, been self-identifying as male and using the legal name Carrie at the new gig. So apparently you can be whatever you want to be at any given moment, and that's subject to change at a moment's notice. Chicago leaders are facing backlash over hundreds of migrants being housed at O'Hare International Airport, one of the nation's busiest airports. More than 400 migrants are reportedly being housed in a section of the airport hidden from the public um, behind black curtains up to 31 at the beginning of, up from rather, 31 at the beginning of August. So 400 migrants today, 31 at the beginning of August. It's billed as a fundraiser for the South Dakota GOP, but a Friday rally with former President Donald Trump and the deep red state's conservative two-term governor, Kristi Noem, could signal much more. Trump, the commanding frontrunner for the Republican presidential nomination, is heading the sold-out political gathering in Rapid City, South Dakota. Noam, a longtime Trump supporter and ally, will appear with him on stage and is expected to endorse the former president. And just as important, the appearance of the two politicians joining forces is sparking speculation that the former president may be eyeing the governor as a potential running mate in 2024. California lawmakers approved a bill decriminalizing the possession and personal use of numerous psychedelics, including magic mushrooms on Thursday. Senate Bill 58 now heads to Governor Gavin Newsom, who will decide the fate of the measure. If signed into law, the bill would uh, remove the criminal penalties for the possession and use of the active ingredient in psychedelic mushrooms, mescaline, excluding peyote and DMT. You might want to check out what's happening here in Oregon. One sector of the northern border between the U.S. and Canada has seen more migrant apprehensions in fiscal year 2023 so far, more so than the last 10 years combined. That's with migrants from 76 countries hitting the often overlooked border. A top official announced this week over 6,100 apprehensions from 76 different countries in just 11 months, surpassing the last 10 years. Chief Patrol Agent Robert Garcia tweeted, The sector, which covers the borders of New York, New Hampshire and Vermont with Canada, saw just over 1000 Border Patrol apprehensions in all of fiscal year 2022 and 365 in the year before on the northern border. It's now seeing massive um, 
immigrant surge from dozens of countries. Well, New York City schools are overwhelmed by 21,000 immigrant children seeking education. The New York Post reports that the first day of classes kicked off in New York City on Thursday as schools grapple with the influx of migrant students with some building uh, buildings rather turning away kids as 21,000 kids, 21,000 children seeking asylum inundated already jam-packed classrooms. The line to get inside Newcomers High School, for example, in Long Island City, stretched around the block early Thursday as frustrated teachers vented that the building had already hit capacity, pushing students at Gotham, a different school, inside the building to a facility across the street. Education Chancellor David Banks voiced his excitement for welcoming the illegal immigrant children into schools on Thursday. We are welcoming all these new migrant students into our schools with open arms, Banks said Thursday at an opening ceremony at a Bronx public school. We know it's a larger political issue and the mayor and others have to deal with. But when they show up in our schools, they'll uh, they're going to get the best that we have. The problem is there isn't the space. There aren't the teachers, the facilities, the the language and so on to accommodate the new students. And we're talking about kids here. They're there because their parents sent them or brought them along. So it's a it's a mess. And uh, while fingers are being pointed at Republican governors across the country, it ultimately rests in the hands of the president who is the uh, guardian of the U.S. border, or should I say borders. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, the Friday edition. New York Mayor Eric Adams is getting pretty close to admitting defeat on the immigration issue. The mayor issued his most dire warning yet about the consequences of the migrant crisis in the Big Apple on Wednesday, telling New Yorkers that the ongoing influx will destroy New York City. New York City has received more than 100,000 illegal immigrants since the spring when border states began busing migrants to blue sanctuary cities, which have committed to providing shelter and social services to all individuals, regardless of immigration status. Now, one thing that's not being emphasized, these uh, migrants are not just coming from border states and Republican governors. They're also being sent to New York by the federal government. At a town hall meeting in Manhattan, Adams said New York City is receiving 10,000 migrants per month. Journalists uh, say that the mayor basically conceded that New York City is done being an illegal done because of illegal immigration and warns New Yorkers illegals will flood all neighborhoods. The majority of Americans believe Joe Biden was involved in his son Hunter's business dealings, according to a new poll. Uh, The president was involved in his son's business dealings while he was vice president, they suggest. This CNN poll released yesterday and conducted by SSRS found that 61 percent of voters believe the president, then vice president, has some involvement in Hunter Biden's business dealings, including 42 percent saying he acted illegally and 29 percent who said it was unethical but not illegal. Sixty one percent of Americans say the president, then vice president, was involved in Hunter's corrupt business dealings, including independence at 64 percent. President Biden's approval rating has dropped to 39 percent, according to the latest CNN poll. The rating is the lowest CNN recorded for Biden this year, down from 41 percent in July and 45 percent in January. RNC Research reports that Democrat Senator Chris Van Hollen responded to polling that shows most Americans don't approve of Biden when it comes to the results and performance. President Biden has a spectacular record. Apparently didn't quite read that poll right. 
Wawoke elite residents of Chicago are planning to take part in a poverty simulation at the country club. A poverty simulation at the country club. Oh, lovey. Are you coming to the poverty simulation? What are you going to wear? Well, I don't have anything that shabby, but I'm planning on showing up anyway. Well, residents in Highland Park, a suburb uh, to the north of Chicago, to attend a poverty simulation put on by Alliance for Human Services to increase understanding and awareness of what it feels like to live in poverty in Lake County. And while such a simulation raised enough eyebrows, it was the location that really grabbed people's attention. No, they are not going to the ghetto. For two and a half hours, people will be able to pretend to be in the lower classes at the Highland Park Country Club. You know, where poor folks hang out at the country club. Man, you got uh, you got something to eat because I, I haven't had nothing to eat for a while at the country club. Wow. The city of Highland Park in Illinois holding the poverty simulation event. While woke rich people will pretend to be poor for two and a half hours while sitting in a comfortable country club. You can't make this stuff up. Well, you could, but it wouldn't sound nearly as uh, appealing. Well, Garland gave Weiss full authority. That's the big question. Well, following a recent number of Department of Justice emails obtained by the Heritage Foundation per Freedom of Information Act requests, there's no evidence that Garland ever granted Weiss such authority. Now, according to Heritage Oversight Project Director Mike Howell, Weiss couldn't have been granted such authority without a paper trail. The Department of Justice lives on paper, Howell observed, and a granting of investigative authority would have been written down. Yet there was nothing written down at the Department of Justice and sent to Weiss, indicating Weiss had any of the authority that Garland claimed he did. So did Garland perjure himself? It's an open question, but there seems to be a clear answer. Skyrocketing health care costs. Well, back in 2010, Democrat lawmakers passed Obamacare, claiming to be confronting and even reversing the rising costs of health care. Results um, ever since have been the exact opposite, as health care costs have only continued to rise at an even faster clip. It turns out that forcing everyone to buy health insurance hasn't made everything health related cost more for everyone or rather has made. Um, who knew? Well, a lot of people did, but that's another subject. Well, this year, health insurance coverage costs are expected to rise by an average of 6.5%, which is the largest single-year jump in over a decade. And in the primary culprit is inflation. Even folks on Obamacare will see their premiums rise by 6% over last year. When frustration over spiking health insurance premiums causes one's blood pressure to rise, you know who to thank. Well, abortion radicals um, make the uh, practice more prevalent even in this post-Roe era, well, since the U.S. Supreme Court did overturn Roe versus Wade, the majority of states that allowed elective abortions have, uh, have seen a significant uptick in abortions performed. Indeed, all but four of these states saw the number of abortions performed last year increase, and in some of these states, the number more than doubled. New Mexico led the way with a 220% increase going from 2,940 Abortions in 2020 to 9,420 so far this year. Even more troubling are the numbers from several Republican-run states like South Carolina and Kansas, which both uh, have seen the number of abortions more than double since 2020. Meanwhile, the state with the highest total number of abortions continued to be the usual suspects, 
California, New York, and Illinois. The good news is that states such as Texas and Georgia, which have actively sought to limit abortions, are seeing significant results, with Texas recording just 14 abortions so far this year, and Georgia seeing an 18% drop in abortions since 2020. Either women are choosing not to have them, or they're traveling to these other states. Well, Mexico has legalized abortion nationwide. The lives of preborn children are under greater threat there, following its Supreme Court decision Wednesday to decriminalize abortions nationwide. To make matters worse, thanks to Mexico's Federal Public Health Service, this ruling not only legalized abortions, but also serves as a mandate to the nation's hospitals and medical workers, obliging them to offer and perform abortions for anyone making the request. Back in 2007, Mexico City passed the Uh, Marcello law, which legalized first trimester abortions, according to pro-life organizations, Steps for Life, that has caused more than a million abortions in Mexico since the official figures from health centers in Mexico City must be added to those performed in private clinics. Sadly, the abortion death cult is growing. A lawsuit seeking to bar Trump from the primary in Colorado, citing the Constitution's insurrection clause, is underway. Trump White House official Peter Navarro has been convicted of contempt after defying the House January 6th subpoena. The California Senate passed an insane bill that would allow the state to take your kids if you don't affirm their gender confusion. A California judge halted a school policy that would alert parents of a child's social gender transition. And a fifth California school district says teachers must notify parents if kids identify as trans. Disney has narrowed its lawsuit against DeSantis by focus uh, to focus rather on free speech. And American cities have been forced to pay sixty eight million dollars to rioters who caused more than two billion dollars in damage during 2020's Summer of Love. Wow. Love hurts, as the song goes. What does love have to do with it, says another. Anyway, the Democrat leader who called to abolished a called for the abolition of police changed her tune after she was violently attacked. Maybe they did serve some sort of purpose. Uh, By the way, 1892 on this day in history, an early version of the Pledge of Allegiance written by Francis Bellamy appears in the Youth's Companion. It went, I pledge allegiance to my flag and the republic for which it stands, one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at the lighter side of the news. I've asked James Blend, my producer here in Portland, to join me for just that purpose. So stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. I want to apologize in advance because James Blend, producer here in Portland, is going to join me for the next couple of segments. My apologies. Hey, James. I, I know you need to feel the need to apologize, but I mean, maybe the audience doesn't mind that I consistently show you up in these segments. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't. Okay. Well, let's see. What do we got here? We're talking about weird news stories. Bird watchers in states including Ohio, Kentucky, Texas and Florida have noticed some unusual visitors as a result of Hurricane Idalia flamingos. Now, we've had them show up on the lawns uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, but these are the, you know, the real deal. The flamingos have been seen as far north as uh, Caesar Creek State Park in Dayton, Ohio, after apparently getting blown off course by Hurricane Idalia. Uh, while flying between um, Cuba and the Yucatan. Well, the birds have also been spotted in Kentucky and Texas and the Carolinas, Georgia, Virginia, Florida, none yet in Oregon or Washington. Flamingos are native to Florida, but the birds were uh, hunted 
to near extinction in the early 1900s. The flamingos sometimes spotted in the wild in Florida today are believed to be descendants of escapees from small boots. <laughs> I can say this zoos and other attractions. The state director of research from the Audubon, Florida, said the current amount of flamingos in the United States exceeds any other recent reports. We've never seen anything like this. We will get to uh, get a flamingo or two following storms, but this is really unprecedented. So flamingos just showing up everywhere, standing on one leg in a park near you. Wow, that's that's kind of impressive. I mean, we didn't I don't think we got any uh, birds blown into the northwest from uh the hurricane that hit uh, California a few weeks ago. So, I mean, that's, you know, kind of disappointing now that I yeah, hear about did, this. We, we got nothing. No, I we know. We have enough California uh, transport anyway, so I think it's okay. <laughs> fair point. Fair yeah. point. Well, a Florida man who was attempting to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a man-made hamster wheel is facing federal charges after it took the U.S. Coast Guard five days to bring him ashore. That's according to a criminal complaint filed in Miami. Now, first of all, what on earth possessed this man to have a desire to create a hamster wheel to try to um, traverse the Atlantic Ocean? Well, the Coast Guard spotted Reza Ray Balucci, 51, should have known better, some 70 miles off the coast of Tybee Island, Georgia, on the 26th of last month while making preparations for Hurricane Franklin. The um, complaint filed in federal court said Balucci was charged uh, Tuesday with obstruction of boarding and violation of a, a captain of a port order. I have no idea what any of that means. Bellucci told the Coast Guard crew that he was attempting to ride the hydropod, as he called it, vessel to England. Uh-huh. And that he had a Florida registration, which he was unable to locate for them at the time. I mean, it's not like it's a spacious thing. Where would it go? Probably didn't have one. Well, the officer said, officers said... The vessel was afloat as a result of wiring and bowies and determined that Bellucci was conducting a manifestly unsafe voyage, according to the complaint. Manifestly unsafe. Yeah, you think? When they attempted to get him to leave the vessel, Bellucci told them he had a knife and he threatened to harm himself, which, of course, he had already done by boarding this thing. Uh, The next day, Bellucci threatened to blow himself up when the Coast Guard approached him again. About leaving the vessel. When the officer saw Bellucci holding wires, uh, they contacted the U.S. Navy Explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit to help them determine the blast radius of the bomb. This is getting worse. So on the 28th of uh, August, the Coast Guard cutters Campbell and Valiant, they arrived on scene to offer support and they launched a small boat to deliver food and water and to give Bellucci predictions of the hurricane. Well, they again ordered him off the vessel and he refused but he told them that the bomb was not real well the coast guard successfully removed mr bellucci from the vessel and on the first of september just last week he was brought to the coast guard base in miami beach he attempted a voyage in a similar handmade vessel in 2014 the complaint said in 2015 he was served a a captain of the port order from the coast guard to uh, rather, that applied to any subsequent voyages, which included this one. Bellucci failed to comply with the order and was um, interdicted in a homemade vessel in 2016. He attempted another voyage in 2021, and the Coast Guard intervened then as well. His attorney didn't immediately respond to an email for additional information, but the court uh, records show that Bellucci posted $250,000 bond. So is that a sound appealing to you? I have to wheel in water. Yeah, not not just water. We're not talking about a swimming pool, a lake. 
a, a small river. We're talking about the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean. He's on his way to England. Yeah, the question I have is, you know, the, the hamsters, when they're in their wheel, they have that little glass bottle with the little the little straw <laughs> hanging down. Did he have that? Did he have that? And was he using it for his liquid nourishment? That's that's <laughs> the question I have. I mean, because otherwise, you're just you're doing you're going halfway. You're not going all in on the hamster wheel concept. Well, and how do you navigate? I mean, I know people who know how to, to look up. They can tell sort of where they're going from the stars. But how does he navigate this thing? Did well, you he can't really... have a steering wheel in a wheel. No. How did, did he really think he was going to make it to England? I mean, he seemed pretty ready to end his own life. So maybe this is a death wish uh, being carried out. But he wants some attention. I, I don't know. But he's uh, he's not going to make the journey. No, no. He's, it, it, he probably needs a journey to a different type of place. <laughs> yeah, I think so. A Vermont armed robbery suspect who police say eluded capture in the past week um, in a vehicle on a stolen bike on foot and in a stolen sailboat was arrested on Thursday after he after he was spotted in a kayak on a river. Now I'm going to review the facts. OK, he eluded capture in the past week in a vehicle on a stolen bike on foot and in a stolen sailboat, but was arrested when he was spotted on a kayak on a river. Wow. 52-year-old Eric Edson was uh, wanted for accusations of a robbery of a store in Burlington. I'm just a little bit heartened that they're actually um, holding someone accountable. They're actually uh, pursuing a criminal. That's kind of good. Anyway, impeding and assaulting two officers and the theft of a sailboat and the vehicles I've already mentioned. Because of the uh, unusualness. Is there a word unusualness? Is now. Because of the unusual nature of Mr. Edson's various modes of flight, from cars to bikes to paddleboards to sailboats to tractors. Oh, I didn't mention the tractor. It's easy to lose sight of the fact that Mr. Edson is a dangerous person, the police officer said on Wednesday after um, capturing him and holding him. Wow. Wow, He certainly does get points for innovation. If you put that much attention and resolve into his personal life, who knows? He might be a CEO of some major corporation. But instead, a vehicle, a bike, a tractor, sailboat, kayak, and who knows what else. I mean, you know, you, you, they talk about, what is it, the EGOT people, the people who won the, the Emmy, the Grammy, the yeah. Oscar, and the Tony. Is there some sort of award for that? Yes, jail time. Oh, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, jail time. Jail time. Well, yoga enthusiasts are attempting to master the cat pose at cat yoga sessions. Really, people? I know that there's goat yoga, but cat yoga? Dressed in gym clothing and armed with foam mats, a group of yoga enthusiasts gathered at a studio in the south of Indian, uh, of the Indian capital for an hour of yoga with a furry twist. Kittens wandering around the sunlit studio as the session begins, some resting on the mats as soft music filled the air while others stared curiously at the attendees as they switched between yoga poses. Yoga involving furry companions is a popular trend around the world, with sessions involving goats and dogs usually drawing crowds looking to bust stress. We call this distracted yoga. I might call it a little something different, but that's according to Mona, who organizes the sessions under the initiative, the Paw Hour, P-A-W Hour, adding people sometimes take breaks from offices to attend our sessions and go back to work. They leave these classes with big smiles. 
Well, the yoga is self-paced. It involves basic stretching to create a relaxed atmosphere to help participants unwind. Kittens weave in and out of the rows of people, sometimes even falling asleep on participants on them as they're attempting to do their stuff. Uh, I mean, the adults, not the cats. Uh, Prompting laughter from the group. Well, that's probably the best exercise they're getting. It's good like a medicine. Well, people walk in stress and walk in out rejuvenated, she says, uh, the organizer. Um, another participant says kittens are what drew her to the sign up for the session and keeps her there. Take a pose. Now let's pause for a minute. <laughs> Meow, let's pause for a minute. Pause. <laughs> Well, the global global, let's say this right, the global cat cafe trend where people pay to have coffee and hang out with cats has finally come to the besieged Gaza Strip. We're going to leave it at that. But cats, apparently they appeal to a lot of people. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. James Blend has joined me as we take a look at some of the lighter side of the news. Just before the break, I was talking about the Gaza Strip. They have their first cat cafe. It's a cozy refuge from life under blockade in an improvised Palestinian enclave run by the Hamas militant group and crippled by a 17-year blockade, residents seeking to escape the territory's troubles flocked on Thursday to the new Meow Cafe. Gaza City's answer to the quirky concept tried successfully around the world. I don't know. I don't want to have a cup of coffee with a cat. I have to tell you, I am afraid of cats. Of course, I'm afraid of dogs. Ferrets, for, birds. For, for those, I would say, for those new in Seattle, it, it, it might be worth going down the, the full list here of your animal fears. <laughs> well, we don't have enough time. You only have one segment left before the That's top true. of the hour. It does take a whole show. I remember I was invited by a young friend of mine. I'm a tea aficionado. I like high tea, and I like to do it upright. Well, this little boy uh, had invited me, or no, his sister had invited me to tea at their home. They brought out the, I say the boy because the, the uh, tea set was named Haddon Hall, and that was his name, so in the household. Um, we sat down to tea. They have a beautiful black cat that wore a diamond uh, neck uh, necklace. I sat down to tea. The cat roamed in, rubbed against my leg. The saucer went one direction. The teacup went another, full of tea, by the way. The uh, dessert plate went a different direction. The chair went all the way back, and I left the room squealing like a 12-year-old. Don't like cats. Just Clearly. Saying. Clearly. And it wasn't at all aggressive in this situation? No, it appeared. It appeared. That's all you need. They need to appear. Because you know they're up to something and they have bad thoughts. They're thinking things that you would be insulted by if they said out loud. I, you know, I, I, I don't have the same uh, aversions to animals that you do, but I, I would believe that, actually. I think that, that yeah, does seem... very arrogant. It does feel like they are eternally plotting. Yeah. You're so smug. You're sitting down at my table having tea with my girl... I'm going to fix this. Walks in, rubs against my leg, and the rest you now know. Yep. I apologize, Victoria Hall. Well, services were canceled at a Wisconsin church when a pastor arrived at the facility at the church and discovered it was being ransacked by a masked burglar. It was a raccoon. Whoa. Ingrid Durr, who's uh, one of the folks there, said she arrived at Chosen Generation Outreach Ministry in Milwaukee to prepare for Thursday evening service when she found signs of a break-in. Oh, somebody must have thrown a brick in, 
or something like that, she assumed. Durr said that she used her phone to access security camera footage and quickly identified the furry culprit. I'm looking through my phone and my footage and everything around the building, and that's when I see this little rascal on a table. It's, it was a raccoon. The pastor enlisted the help of some neighbors to eject the furry trespasser, but the animal had displaced ceiling tiles, trashed uh, the office, the secretary's office. Thursday night services were uh, canceled while the church was cleaned up, and a crew were uh, called in to make sure the raccoon didn't have any friends still in the building. They are so cute, but they can be very aggressive. And of course, I think they're rabies carriers. Yeah, but but didn't didn't Jesus say, "Come as you are"? <laughs> Not to raccoons. We we don't know that. Yes, we it's do not know that. Specified. I've read the scriptures. It doesn't say that. But it doesn't not say that. That's <laughs> the point. Not say a lot of things. Well, that's true. Don't you be adding to the scriptures now. I'm not. You I'm know just... that's wrong. Don't make me preach at you today. Oh. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, occasional noise coming from the roof isn't uncommon in Australia if you happen to share a suburb with any of the uh, native marsupials. But one Queenslander was given the shock of a lifetime last night or that night after attempting to track down the source of a heavy thumping sound in their ceiling. It's not every day that you discover two giant male carpet pythons brawling in the space above you. Uh, where you eat dinner every night, but that became the reality of this astonished Aussie. Brawling? Brawling, yes. Who is throwing punches? I don't know. I haven't seen them brawl, but I'm sure it's not something you'd want to be anywhere near. Stuart from Sunshine Coast Snake Catchers revealed on social media his team was called out to the job after residents of the home reported hearing incredibly loud, strange noises in the ceiling. Which uh, what transpired after they arrived was one of the craziest snake catches the crew had ever seen. They sent um, uh, one of their snake catchers over to the job uh, to a bloke who had been that's what they say bloke who had been hearing noises. Now the roof space which the snakes were in um, they couldn't access, so they ended up having to pull out um, a light uh, fitting, a light fixture, and they put their phone uh, up to see the two big male carpet pythons fighting. So they had to come up with a plan. And what the plan was, with the owner's permission, to cut a small hole in the roof to access the snakes. What happened next, they say, was just unbelievable, calling it among the craziest catches they'd ever remembered. In the footage, a dark and dusty roof space can be seen through the lens of a phone camera and torch. At first, that's a flashlight to us here in the U.S., at the um, at a glance, it appears there's only one snake, but a second um, uh, quickly appears from behind and is soon revealed a pair entwined with one another, wrapped in an aggressive brawl. They don't have hands and feet, so this is what they do. Wriggling and thrashing about, the two reptiles seen uh, only slightly bothered by the camera flash enthralled in their fighting for dominance. They were able to grab both snakes at the same time and drag them slowly and gently using um, a head grab out of the hole into a bag. Uh, footage then shows the snake's um, catcher doing just that. It's the stuff of nightmares for most people, uh, but just another day on the job of the snake catching community. I'm so grateful for people who do that sort of thing, who know how to handle them, and you can call them, and they come, and they take care of the problem. Now, I'm really surprised we actually had this story today. I'm surprised that it ever got out into the general public. Because it's my understanding that the first rule of Python Fight Club 
is what happens in Python Fight Club stays in Python Fight Club and you never tell anybody about Python Fight Club. Well, don't tell anybody I said anything. All right. Well, maybe we should hide for the next couple of days then. And, uh, you know, maybe so nobody rats us out. Okay. Why don't we break for news and traffic? And um, for those of you in Seattle, have a great weekend. I want to thank producer and engineer Pedro Bartz. And for those of you in the Portland area, up next, The Christian Outlook. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.